0: and say it's eh, not me the bible says i am blessed the bible says he was made poor that i may become rich the bible says i am not weak the bible says i am the head and not the tail go ahead and reign in life go ahead and move mountains go ahead and jump go ahead and win go and make lots of progress in life why it's possible you are listening to a podcast by senior pastor of life free church prophet comezio shamani i want us to look at a nation that is very symbolic or rather that served as a shadow over the people of god and this nation is called the nation of israel I believe you do understand and do acknowledge that Israel was under the captivity of Egypt for so many years. But while they were under the captivity of Egypt for so, so many years, the Bible tells us God acknowledged that these people seem very defenseless. And if I don't step in, They will remain in bondage so God decides to raise a man by the name of Moses who is also very symbolic to come and show what the Lord Jesus would do in fact if you study the life of Moses and the life of Jesus there were quite a number of similarities which would show you okay so this is what happened Like, for example, both Moses and Jesus had a supernatural birth escape. There was a time when firstborns wanted to be killed by Pharaoh. That was in the time of Moses. Yet firstborns also wanted to be killed in the time of Jesus during Herod's time. And in both cases, we see that Moses... Was delivered by putting him in a basket and in a river and he was not killed and the same way Jesus was hidden from the hand of Herod such that the angel said flee to Egypt (laughs) flee to Egypt the place where Moses was raised from now there are many other analogies or similarities i can give it can take the whole uh sermon time but i just want to show you something after god raised moses and sent him to israel or rather yeah to egypt to ask uh, pharaoh to have his people let go you will notice that moses was warned says even though you go there this Pharaoh doesn't want to let Israel go. He really doesn't want. And so you are going to put up a fight with him. And true for sure, the Bible shows us how Moses would stand on behalf of Israel. And when he stands on behalf of Israel, he would say, This is the word of the Lord let my people go. Let my people go. And Pharaoh was also stubborn and would say, ah, I'm not interested in that. Now, after showing them about nine plagues, after demonstrating the hand of God, the Bible in the book of Exodus, chapter number 11 and verse 1, and I'm going to read it ahead of you, or perhaps if you can pay attention and I'm I'm, going to read it. The Bible says, and the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague. Somebody say one more. more. He says, I will bring one more plague on Egypt and Pharaoh. Then he says, afterwards, he will let you go. Why is God so sure that if I bring one more, Pharaoh is gonna let Israel go I mean obviously he is the Lord God he said I will bring one more just one more to show us that mm, this one plague that he's going to bring really we can learn something from it and he says I'm gonna bring one more plague and when I bring it Pharaoh will let Israel go And I'll tell you this even before he brought this plague he planned that this plague would be the last one because in Exodus chapter number should be 3 or 4 God told Moses to tell Israel or to tell Pharaoh that Israel is like my firstborn and since you have touched my firstborn I will touch your firstborn these are before the plagues began God already declared, he already planned. He said, the one I'm going to hit, the last one. This is the one I'll call the one-time one. This one, once I give this plague, Pharaoh will let my people go. Hallelujah. And so what does God do? He begins to construct the, the system of israel getting delivered and he tells the israelites that this is what i want you to do i want you to prepare yourselves i want you to get a lamp get a little sheep make sure that sheep has no defect make sure that sheep is perfect i don't know if you're getting this i don't know if you're getting this Ah. make sure that ship is perfect and I want you to slaughter it and apply the blood of that lamb on your door <laughs> oh Lord very strategic imagine the one he says last fight he says kill a lamb but make sure it's perfect And then apply the blood on every door of the Israelites. Apart from that, he gave them other um, instructions on how to eat, what, what, uh, you know. And then he says, when this happens, I'm going to send the angel of death to move over the entire land. And so when this angel of destruction is moving over the entire land, what will happen is that when he sees the blood on the doorsteps of the Israelites, he will pass over. Meaning any household household that does not have the blood of a lamb, the blood of a lamb, then the firstborn of that household is gonna die. The firstborn, the first fruit, the carrier of inheritance will die. But not only them, their animals, everything else that was first, will die. And that day came to pass. The Bible tells us that the angel of destruction moved throughout the entire land. Wherever he saw the blood on the door of the people who were Israelites, he passed over. But the houses of Pharaoh, the households of the Egyptians, because they had no blood, death, punishment, wrath visited that family. And from that time, Pharaoh saw that his firstborn died, and he decided to say, Go away, Israel, from this place. Leave this place. Leave. And show you to God's word the Bible which says, Just one more plague and you will let go. It did happen. Amen and amen. So Israel was let go. But God decided to introduce a feast and an ordinance. And he said, I want you to keep doing this in remembrance. That there was a time where the angel of death passed over your homes and you were free. So I want you to be celebrating what is known as the feast of the Passover. And every year you're going to be celebrating that later on we see a number of feasts that god introduces he introduces the feasts of tabernacles he introduces the feasts of trumpets but well we can look at that some other time but today we're looking at what how even the feast of the passover came it was really traced to the event of god releasing a last and final plague Towards Egypt then Egypt let go of Israel but you see the Bible says that one man later on came and when one man came he was sent on an agenda The Bible tells us that he came, it's okay. He he said that he came to fulfill the Passover. I'm sure we can guess who that man is. Hmm. Maybe let's get to this man. This time we have a world that is not under Pharaoh but is under the bondage of sin and death. And sin and death will not let go of this world or of these people until perhaps a perfect lamb is sacrificed and blood is shed. The Bible tells us that we were helpless such that Jesus had to come for our sake. And immediately he came, the Bible shows us how John the Baptist looked at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God that is to take away the sins of man is here. Notice, during the Passover in Exodus, they dealt with a lamp. But in in, in the book, in the Gospels, John the Baptist does not introduce a lamp. He introduces the lamp. Mm. And the lamp comes here on earth with an agenda. And this time... When he is declared as a sacrifice, you know what happens on the cross. The Bible tells us that while he's on the cross, he began to shed blood. He began to bleed. Yes, he was wounded. Yes, he was beaten and troubled altogether but the shedding of blood was for the whole world so that when judgment comes it passes over the world and comes on Jesus Christ and the judgment that we were meant to receive The punishments that we were meant to walk in, the Bible says, all of them, Jesus bore them right there on the cross. And that's why even when preparing for that, Jesus himself says, Father, this cup is too heavy. It was the cup of suffering and judgment that he had to drink. He said, it's too heavy. Dear Lord, it's too heavy. But let your will be done. Let your will be done. Why did Jesus have to go on? Why did Jesus have to go on? Because that was the only way. It was really the only way. In 1 John chapter number 5, verse 6 and 7, the Bible tells us this. It tells us that in heaven there are three witnesses. Then it says on earth there are three witnesses as well. Do you know the witnesses in heaven? It says the witness number one is the word. Witness number two is the Holy Spirit. Witness number three is the Father. Then it says on earth, there are three witnesses. Witness number one is water. Witness number two is blood. Witness number three is spirit. But then for the world really, or rather for the earth really, to have dominion, we needed good water, we needed good blood. But it seems like everyone that was born of water and blood was impure. So a witness from heaven, who was the word, had to become manifest. And the Bible says he came in the manner of water and blood so that he can be a witness for the entire earth. And when that happened, The Bible tells us that when the blood of Jesus was shed, as you study the book of Hebrews, it shows us that it really did so many great things in our lives. It did. The blood of a lamb only, that was in Exodus, only had one benefit because it was an instruction the only benefit it had is that it made judgment pass over but that was not eternal judgment that was the momentary judgment for that moment (laughs) still more even though that momentary judgment passed over their eternal judgment was still there they were still strangers that's why the bible says every year people who were set free every year they had to sacrifice booze and goats every year, booze and goats, booze and goats, booze and goats. To the extent that Hebrew says they were tired with that. And God says, don't worry. You were dealing with a lamb. But when I send the lamb, there's a sacrifice that is going to happen that will happen once and for all, why? The sacrifice of the lamp is sufficient for you yesterday, today and forever. But not only does the blood of Jesus come to save you from judgment, when you study the scriptures, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed that the Bible shows us that it is the same blood of Jesus that cleanses us from unrighteousness. The blood of God would not really cleanse us, it would just atone us. What is to atone? It's to cover. (laughs) You're just being covered. You're just being covered. It's like Adam and Eve. God put a covering of animal skin on them, they were just covered. They were just covered. And that's what the blood of bulls and goats was doing. It would just cover, So that when God looks at man, you'll be like, okay, fine. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. But it's every day. It's every day forgiveness. Every year forgiveness. But Isaiah prophesied and said, come now and let us reason together. Though your sins may be as scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Meaning there is something, I know your, 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 your sins are looking red. But I will ask someone to shed blood. And in that redness of blood, that which was red is going to turn into white. There is going to be a purity that will be produced inside of you. And that's why when you study the benefits of the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus does not only make us pass over from judgment, the blood of Jesus, number two, cleanses us from sin. Cleanses us from the power of sin. Not only does the blood of Jesus cleanse us from the power of sin, the blood of Jesus is our empowerment to the fact that the blood of Jesus was shed and death was overcome. That's why the Bible will tell us they overcame him by the blood of a lamb. No, 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 the lamb and the words of their testimonies. So, the blood of Jesus is your empowerment. I love to say the blood of Jesus Is your red card (laughs) That simply means If death or sin Comes in your life What do you do You remove your red card And you say Go away (laughs) Just in case you don't Those who don't watch soccer There is what is known as a red card It's for sending someone away Amen, ladies? Yellow card is for warning. Amen? Hallelujah. I know Azaria would understand since she's a a soccer fan. But we are not shocked that Azaria's name changed to Abednego. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we understand. Glory to God. So that's what the blood of Jesus is able to do in our lives. It's able to really put us in a place... Where we are advantaged. It's a a place where we are able to overcome in life. The blood of Jesus, according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, has a voice. Has a voice. No wonder it's described. I like how it's described. It's not, it's, it's described, it says it's, it's better than the blood of Abel. So remember I told you that everyone on earth, there is there are witnesses. There is water, there is the spirit and blood. Now you will notice while on earth there was a man by the name of Abel who was killed by his brother Cain yet when he was killed and his blood was shed the bible says that blood began to speak yeah. eish. showing you that blood really speaks it speaks and what it speaks ish scary witnesses on earth it speaks there are bloods that speak from certain accidents that take place Oh, did I also tell you this? There is blood that speaks when you commit abortion. Very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Amen and amen. Amen. But the Bible tells us the blood of Jesus came with a voice. The voice that the blood of Jesus came with is a different kind of compared to other bloods that were speaking because the blood that was on earth only had the same kind of voices no avenge me no this is not fair no this should not have happened no this is this no it never had really that positive voice altogether but when the blood of jesus came it spoke a different voice of abel while the voice of abel is saying avenge me the blood of jesus came with a voice and says forgive him while the blood of abel would say crucify him or uh, uh, punish him the blood of jesus will say mercy 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 upon them so it had a voice and when that blood was shed hey there were beautiful things uttered about you and that's why the Bible says, by his blood, we have been justified. Now, justification is another place. It's another advantage altogether. Do you know what justification simply means? Justification simply means when you go to court. Imagine you killed someone and you go to court. Justification does not mean no, we'll reduce your sentence. Justification simply means, ah, it's him. Are you sure? No. Evidence is saying nothing. Justification means declared not guilty. <laughs> it, it it simply means not guilty. That's why I don't I don't like to call myself an ex sinner because that the sinner died. I don't, I don't know if you're getting my point. The Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yes, there was a sinner, but it wasn't you. That one is dead. Anafa. Why you come back to our say, Oh, yeah. is it my sinners? We used to mentor in sin. You've got the right to say that wasn't me. Is uh, we used to date a lot ask us no that was the old you that one is dead say i have no ex, I have no ex. <laughs> 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 ah <laughs> glory to god ah <laughs> but relationship some of you couples you find that you start digging exes from 1945 no, tell me how did this thing start? No, I started my shine. It was, that was not me. That one is dead. <laughs> dead. Palastas na book. Ah, we but Nangana Natasha. Nangashani. No. Hallelujah. I came to show you. I briefly came to explain to you that the blood of Jesus really is something great what Jesus did for us on the cross was so beautiful and we have a priceless privilege now to honor God to come near God after the blood of Jesus had shed the Bible tells us the temple veil tore into pieces tore in between by the way that veil is the veil that separated the holies of holies and the holy place and if you actually study the tabernacle one day we're going to look at the tabernacle in details and i'll show you even jesus through the tabernacle now you'll notice that there is the outer court the inner court and then there's the holy of holies this is in the tabernacle now in the outer court, inner court, the ones who should go there are the priests. Meaning you should be anointed for it. That's why priests, even priests, whether you are called from the tribe of Levi, you can't enter without a garment. You need to have an anointing on you. That's why when, when Miriam was talking to Aaron, talking about Moses, the Bible tells us the plague came on Miriam, but it should have also come on Aaron. But it didn't because he had a priestly gown. The anointing shielded him. And so when God wanted Aaron to die, he told him, remove your gown. Whew, anyway, so the Bible tells us that there was a veil that separated the holies of holies and the holy place. Now, that, whenever you enter the holies of holies, that place could only be entered not by anyone, but just the high priest. A high priest. And in those days, there could only be one high priest. The rest would just be priests. And the high priest would only enter once. Because also him, it was very risky to enter just in case. Why? Because it was a manifest presence of God. So meanwhile, Abena Benjamin, Abena Judah, them they are not even near. They are not even near. Hallelujah. But the Bible tells us when the blood of Jesus was shed while on the cross, that veil which separates, which only a high priest could enter, was torn. It was torn apart. A sign that God was declaring, Won se manje, tien you can enter, yeah. and that's why the Bible says, He has made you priests and kings. So you can walk in it now. You can walk in his presence anytime. And that's what the blood of Jesus did. It made us all become great sons and daughters of God in the sight of him and that's why I appreciate the blood of Jesus every place I go everywhere I go because if it wasn't for the blood we wouldn't be where we are today I can't imagine being born into sin and then get punished for judgment hell I'm sure many of us would blame our parents. Why did you bring me here on earth? <laughs> but the blood of Jesus sorted out that problem. And that's why, before Jesus even decided to die on the cross, the Bible tells us he had a Passover meal with his disciples. And when he had a Passover meal, they decided to use two emblems or instruments. Number one, they had a cup that was filled with wine or uh, whatever they used. Yet again, they had bread. Now you will notice that the Passover was eaten differently and celebrated differently. But this time, Jesus speaks to his disciples. Trying to show them that, look, I am fulfilling the Passover. He says, this bread that you have, this one is my body. This one is symbolic for my body. This is the body that is going to be broken for you. This is the body that is going to be bruised for your sake. Then he says this cup that you have within your hands this is symbolic for my new covenant with you. The new covenant that has my blood cleans you from sin cleans you from unrighteousness but also introduces you To a covenant of grace and truth. Then he says, I want you to take it. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember in Exodus. They took the Passover meal. To remember how God delivered them. From Egypt. From the bondage of Pharaoh. And how the angel of death over them. For us, it's different. When we take from the Lord's Supper, for us we remember not how God removed us from Egypt because we are born in Zambia, but how God removed us from the bondage of sin and death, and made. The judgment of God passed over us. It missed us. It all went on Jesus. That's what we remember. And that's what we're going to partake today. It's God feeding from the table of the Lord. An ordinance that Jesus called for, where we remember what He has done for us. Let's rise to our feet.